Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler talking money and investing. I was just kind of, I was trying to look through historic returns. So nice 75, 37% return, you get 11. 76, 23% return, you get, you get 11. Negative seven, you get zero. Out of six, positive six the next year, you get six. Next year, 18, you get 11. You get 22% or 20%, 21% knocked off your return the next year. You got a zero instead of 4% negative return the year after that. Your 21% return the year after that, you get 11. basically 11 and you get 10 knocked off of it. Then you get 11 knocked off of it the next year. You get the full return of six the year after that. And then the year after that, 1985, you get 32% return. So you get 11. So you get, well, that, seems, that seems like it's a, how many years did you read that list? About uh, 15. Yeah. So that cap, mm -hmm. just to let people know, was only guaranteed for five years. Okay. And if you had had those kind of market returns after five years, mm -hmm. in all likelihood, based on past behavior, the insurance companies would Change drop that the cap. cap to like four or yeah, six. That or makes seven. more sense to me. They okay, now they they, I knew there was a catch. I didn't understand yeah. what that catch was. Okay, yeah, so right. there's too many moving parts, is what really bothers me about those. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Okay, Evan. Yeah, because I was, you know, when you guys threw that out, I was, what on earth? Yeah. Because I had not seen that product. They don't have tall buildings because they don't know how to crunch numbers. Or, or mess people over. Uh, so the, you guys got to hear this one. Uh, Go you, for it. you guys have not heard this one. So, uh, so the guys in the office are listening, and I'm not going to use a name. I'm just not going to use a name, <laughs> although I am really tempted to use a name. I am not going to use a name. Tell me I'll say it. <laughs> I'll tell you off air. Just between us. <laughs> Just between you. So, so what happened, the guys were listening to a video of, uh, and the audio of a radio show and video. Oh. And, and apparently what happened was know. this guy decided to <laughs> stop. So this guy, he was actually talking about people that use the 4% rule. And, you know, you really, this 4% rule. So if those of you that don't know what the 4% rule is in investing, uh, ben, Bill Bangin did research going back to 1900, and you have various academics that have backed this up of uh, great stature. Uh, and it's all based on a lot of the academic research of the past 70 years, market efficiency, multi-factor models, uh, taking income, diversification, how you put a portfolio together. Markowitz, 1990 Nobel Prize winner. Uh, just a lot of fairly, fairly intelligent people. Let me just put it that way, saying, uh, you know, here's how you put a portfolio together. Here's how you take an income from an investment portfolio. You do what we've known to do forever, which is diversify, diversify, diversify. Uh, large companies, small companies, value companies, growth companies, international companies, U.S. companies, emerging market companies, uh, fixed income investment vehicles, and, and all of this, okay? So here's the deal. 4%. You take 4% of a portfolio and you increase it for inflation each year. 
And you go, okay, so this would have worked over any 30-year period is basically what Bill Bengen said. So here's the, here's the quote. Stupid nerd rabbit holes on Reddit with these morons who live in their mother's basement with a calculator have come up with these rules. <laughs> Stupid nerd morons living in their mother's basement. I prefer Hobbit. Did 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 Markowitz, who the Nobel Prize winner, live in his mother's basement? We just didn't know it. I missed out on that story. Uh, I don't have any. Did Gene Fama live in a basement uh, with? Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I didn't really know anything about these. Uh, Nobel Prize winning economists, University of Chicago, uh, Yale University, Dartmouth professors. I didn't realize they all lived in their basements, but you know, maybe they did. Uh, he said, uh, so that, that those are the people that, and, and he says, you should be able to take 8%. This is the quote. Yes, yes, I got your attention now, Ira. <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> you should be able to take 8% from your portfolio to forever and forever and never run out of money because you should be getting 12% on your investments, Okay. You should be getting 12% on your investments. And if inflation is 4, 12 minus 4 is 8. You should be able to take that level of income from your investment portfolio. This should be, what's, what's wrong? This is just math. This is really simple. Why can't we get this? Okay, so... You guys want to explain so I don't my head doesn't explode right now why that's bad and then I'll give you the numbers. Well, very simply, that would be a linear twelve percent, which nobody's getting twelve percent. Mm -hmm. And the subtracting four, it's not taking into account any fees and helping to manage the money. Mm -hmm. um, that might have worked really well if it was 1980 and you were able to lock in a 12 or 14 percent bond for 30 years. Mm -hmm. uh, that would work. Mm -hmm. um, but with market fluctuations, um, the other thing, too, the historical rate of 12 percent would only really be in small cap stocks. So, and if you large, never panicked over a 40 year period, right? Right. And the, and the large SP companies, the average is nine to 10. Again. So, so, the problem to put this well, in numbers, let me just put this in numbers is let's say if you have an investment portfolio, a million dollars, and then you're taking a 4% distribution that's $40,000. But if you have a market downturn of 20%, because it's easy to see even a 40% downturn with a portfolio that is as volatile as U.S. small stocks, what Ira's talking about right here. So if you have a 40% decline, your portfolio is not a million. It's 600,000 600, minus the 40,000. You're down to 560,000. Now, what does it take if you're at 500,000? Just let's say that that number. What does it take to get back to where you were at a million? 100%. A 100% return. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so 100% return. With with popularity comes notoriety. And since this host will continue to remain nameless, John Reckenthaler over at Morningstar did a great article about the fallout from this particular er, statement. Okay. And they started running the numbers over 68 30-year periods. Yeah. 
45% of the time you ran out of money, sometimes very soon. Yes. Kind of like having a 100% gold portfolio. Where, yeah. Now you're talking about the 8% rule? The 8% okay. rule in a 100% equity portfolio. Yeah. 45% of the time you ran out of money. Right. And you want, you want to and, know what's even a bigger uh, problem here? You ready? Lay it on me. <laughs> okay. So I went into Morningstar, a database that actually has data on every single mutual fund known to mankind. Oh, yeah. And I looked back to 1970. And I just I was looking for funds that actually had a 12% rate of return over that period of time. Out of what do you what do you guys say how many mutual funds in the database, what do you think? Oh, in the uh, yeah, the Morningstar well, database. If it, ha if it has the closed variable funds, annuity the ones sub that are closed, as well. if you can go back, yeah, let's say 1972, and sure, it sure. has the closed funds, it would probably have over 70,000. About 70,000, maybe? Okay. I, if we're including deceased okay. funds, yeah. yeah. Right, you're including closed funds, and Evan, yeah. I don't know what you said for live funds. Live if, funds, live about 26,000. Okay, no, that's, about, that's, okay, so. I would so, say about 30. Oh, I would have thought 30. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in 26,000, 30,000, whatever. You know how many funds had a return of that over that period of time? 1,100. Over what time Two. period? Two. I was going to say zero. Two. I was going to say zero. Two. Yeah. I mean, two funds. And, and why? It's because mutual fund managers screw up. And we only know Just those two funds now. We don't hindsight. know those two funds 30 years ago. Yes. Right. So there was an article that had come out in, Na in News Nation, uh, and this is a recent article, November 13th. 4% um, rule for retirement withdrawals may finally hold true. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. I, I saw something about uh, that. Yeah, the yeah. The four, they, they, after they give up on it, they uh -huh. decide all of a sudden, no, it works. Right. So it says the 4% <laughs> rule is a popular way to think about withdrawing down your nest. Your nest egg in 2021, the max safe starting withdrawal rate was 3.3 per Morningstar. Yeah, and higher bond yields and moderating inflation have improved the outlook. Yes, and it goes on. There's encouraging news for those about to retire. The four percent rule may finally hold true as a safe <laughs> After starting. After people ditch their portfolios, finally. withdrawal rate. Let's do this. All let's right. take a quick break and let's do more of this on the other All side. Right. You're listening to the Investor Coaching Show. Be right back. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's been listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning, tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything we do is fee only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show, Paul Winkler, Evan Barnard, Ira Work, talking money and investing. Okay, so Ira... All right, so to continue on with this article, yes. it says that figure, the 4%, which comes from a new 
Morningstar analysis, marks a return to the 4% rule, often re- uh, the 4% rate often referred to as the 4% rule. A popular guideline that suggests retirees can spend 4% of their nest egg in the first year of retirement before adjusting for inflation each year after that. Mm-hmm. Amid high inflation and working market res- uh, conditions, Morningstar determined the highest starting safe withdrawal rate was 3.3% in 2021 and 3.8% in 2022. Now, due to the higher interest rates and bond yields, retirees can feel comfortable withdrawing down more in their first year than at any other point since 2021. The 4% rule may finally hold true as a safe starting withdrawal rate when considering a 30-year time horizon Amy or not, a portfolio strategist at Morningstar said in a statement, Morningstar ran 1,000 simulations mm-hmm. of future market conditions to determine the initial withdrawal rate that would allow retirees to maintain a steady annual income. Mm-hmm. In 90% of those tri- trials, pulling 4% in the first year and adjusting for inflation thereafter, left money in the account after 30 years. And what we find, this happens over and over again. You guys, I know that your careers and our, and mine have paralleled in that you see something come out, Wall Street says, oh, embrace this, embrace this. And then for a short period of time, it doesn't work. And then all of a sudden they come out in droves against it. Right. And then they decide it doesn't work anymore. Then people bail away from it because, oh, this doesn't work anymore. You don't need to invest in in whatever anymore. You know, what, and, 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 and what happens is then people listen to these people acting like they know what they're talking about. Right. They run away. Then all of a sudden that thing comes back that was supposed to be so bad. And then people jump back on board again and they wonder, why am I getting such bad investment results? Mm-hmm. And investors keep listening to the same people that just misled them four years prior. That's really what I don't get. That's a it's a really good point. You know, yeah, why? This, you know, it's it's like food. You know, butter's bad for you. Eat margarine. Three years later, margarine does this. Eat butter. And, you know, or I mean, like politics. Yeah. It is. All we have to do yeah. is apologize for, you know, what we did. And then all of a sudden people, oh, and they're, they're so forgiving. <laughs> or say they're scumbags too and just move on. That's the other thing. Yeah. Well, we all lie, so uh, we'll just, uh, we don't meet our promises. Well, right. I, th- I think this, the, the real bottom line when it comes to the way you want to invest is this. Do you want to invest based upon the academic evidence? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to invest based upon some story, which might not hold water, might be BS? And you look at it, you know, academic evidence. I've always said, Ira, that you have all of this information out there and people think, oh, academics seems so so scary. But it actually, what it does is it simplifies the process. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there was something in the visual capitalist this week and it was a chart that. Um, I love their stuff. Yeah, right here. Here, here you go. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Guys, okay, all right. Squint, real, squint closely, people. Okay, here, yeah, exactly. Here, here it is. One million investment choices 
the rapid growth in the number of managed investment products is leading to de decision paralysis amongst investors is basically what they're saying. Well, if you Google investment, there's 3.9 billion articles. Yeah, it's overwhelming. And so hence what people do is they get nervous. They go to the Internet for an answer and there'll be an answer for everybody out there. And it will lead you to, you know, to almost. Well, uh, if you go down to the local Barnes and. Uh, almost always to, the, to, to a bad solution. If you go down to the local Barnes and Noble and try to compare the books on the shelf, mm -hmm. one to do brain surgery and one to invest yourself. <laughs> I mean, it's overwhelming how many more books there are for you to invest for yourself rather than for you to open up your child's skull and do brain surgery. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to try that. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend. I thought you were going to say go down to the local bar first, uh, and then you said Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Barnes. <laughs> like, where is this going? I don't, you know, well, so, you know, so you look at that, and and that's why, you know, 401ks, we see that same thing, where oh, they're, yeah. they're basically yeah. limiting the number of choices that people have. Yeah. And you think that's better. It's not. But it's because of, you know, limiting the number of choices is in a way what happens, what they're, well, Evan, you had this look on your face when I said that. The reason I said it's yeah. not right. is because what they're limiting it to are portfolios that are less diversified. Correct. You know, a lot of the target date type of funds, what they're starting to limit it to. And then if you have some other funds to go along with it, they'll typically have small growth, large growth, international large companies, and they'll have a smattering of a couple things, but they're not things that would diversify what you had in the target day fund anyway. And that's the problem that I have with it. No, I really see that very, uh, very, very true in the uh, government TSP, the thrift savings plan. Um, yeah, they, remember know, they were going to open that up. There's five funds. Yeah. There's a large international, large U.S., small U.S., and two fixed income funds. And those same funds are in their target day funds in different weightings. Yes. Do that the mutual fund. Yeah, they do have the mutual, but in, and they do have that to some extent, but it's still limited. Oh yeah, you know. So, and I've had some people as they don't they don't go that direction either because of that. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do? Go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.